Welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm Dr. Jane Lovis, your host. During each episode of Leadership Reimagined, we take a look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organizations forward into a new future. And in this episode, we're creating that new future. Today, I'd like to welcome Dow Johnson. Jensen. Dow has been in the tech industry for over 20 years. She founded Kaizen Technology Partners, now Oak Rocket in 2013 as the first West Coast female minority-owned company born in the cloud. Oak Rocket is based in Austin, Texas, helping Fortune 500 enterprises and SLED clients strategize and optimize cloud platforms and solutions. Some of Oak Rocket's current and past marquee clients include Jackson Hewitt, Gainsight, Solar City, Gymboree, and NASDAQ. In Oak Rocket's eight years of operations, it has earned many awards from the technology community, including Ingram Micro's Cloud's Most Valuable Player of the Year Award for 2021. With grit, determination, and a strong team, she has grown the company at an amazing pace over the last eight years. In addition to the core business, Oak Rocket has developed a platform for government and enterprise clients to analyze and bridge broadband digital equity issues. Brought up in Minnesota by entrepreneurial parents who owned and managed three restaurants, she's always aspired to achieve great things. Previous to launching Oak Rocket, Dow ran sales nationally and internationally at large corporations such as Symantec and Oracle. Today, Dow is the mother of four and a community activist. In her free time, she loves reading, traveling, cooking food, and sharing a good meal with friends and family. Welcome, Dow. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here today. This is just, I am excited and I love what you're doing. And I love what you said that if you take care of your client, if you really take good care of your clients and your employees, they will take care of you. That's correct. Yeah. I wish more, I wish more companies had that philosophy. Well, and, and when I mean taking care of people, really understanding that person and that company 360 degrees mm-hmm. that from how selling to them matters and what you're doing in that, but understanding all their priorities, understanding their family, their personal lives, their careers, and what makes them tick. So understanding them as a whole person. Not yes. just a prospect. Correct. Yeah. Or a customer, right? Or, uh, and, yeah. I mean, they might be in a role that they are today, but I trust you. Everyone has a goal to do something else a little differently. Mm-hmm. Right. One day. One day. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you never know when that one day is going to come, right? Right. And right. that's that's one of the challenges that a lot of companies are dealing with right now is that they're concerned about retaining good employees and good employees are thinking about what am I, what's my vision? What, what am I out to create? Right. And closer the organization can match that. the yes, longer and, I, empl- and you have to support it. You yeah. know, I mean, I have a employee who just rejoined us after a four year stint in politics. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> 
you know, and like as much as we hated losing him, you know, he needed to follow his dream. He got caught in the Minneapolis George Floyd COVID timeframe as a councilman in Minneapolis, and he's ready for something less stressful. In time. <laughs> Right. But I, I think it's important. It's a lifelong journey. And when even if, you know, young people will say, well, I don't know how I can help someone in their future. The fact that you're even there brainstorming with someone and mm-hmm. will introduce them and like helping them dream is more important because half the people don't ask what that dream is. So what's your dream? What are you really in with Oak Rocket and everything you're doing? What's that big vision for you? So we're looking to be the next billion dollar minority owned cloud company. So mm-hmm. the next SHI. Haven't met the CEO yet, but I have great uh, pride and respect for Ty. And, you know, I don't, I think it's very hard for a hardware reseller vendor to become a cloud, born in the cloud reseller. And so for us, uh, we just closed a $60 million deal on Monday. Wow. We have no investors yet. Um, I'm the only owner. And I think it's the time right now, DIEI, um, cost optimization, COVID has had us grow 50% to 100% year over year. And it's the right time to take that investment or strategic partners to take us to the next level. So you're looking right now, you're looking for partners. Strategic partners. We have lots of partners right now. Right. But yes, we are now looking for strategic partners that will take us at an executive level to the next set of clients and to really use us uh, to an advantage of bringing in, you know, more women into the cloud and more minorities and, you know, not saying that you can become well off without having VCs and PEs from the very beginning. You can mm-hmm. bring them here, but it's not something you actually need. It's you bring them in because they bring value for strategically. Mm-hmm. Which, which allows you then to, to really stay in control of your vision. Yes, correct. I mean, I'm, I'm not against giving up 49% or more of my company, but I think it has to be the right person with the right culture or organization. Right. And I, I am looking for the next executives, right? I, I'd like to be able to be more trans- traveling and be the figurehead and help build the strategy and less day-to-day in the operations, which is hard for any business owner. Right. Yes. And one of the, the definitions of leadership that, that I use is that leadership is about empowering a group of individuals to create a vision. And that's what I hear you really embodying and even stepping more into is that you want to empower them to help you create your vision. Because Nobody can, you can't get to a trillion dollar company on your own, no matter what anybody says, you know, it takes, it takes a community. Yeah. And, and honestly, even some of them may start their own companies, Mm -hmm. right. And be our partners after being employees with us or consultants, but that is the community and ecosystem you build. Um, And you just can't look at it short-sighted like, oh, I'm losing that person and that's not going to help me anymore. Right. Because they could they could help you in ways you can't even imagine right now. Yeah, I think the hardest thing is there aren't enough people who dream and there are not enough people who think about the possibilities that are out there. Like our our brains are the uh, worst enemies of ours of the impossible. (laughs) And and I tell people, look, we are you can go anywhere in this company. You can do anything. You just have to be able to step up and show it. Mm, right. So they they have the opportunity 
to create a vision within that may fit within your framework and then take that. And if it doesn't, there's there's space in the world for all of it. This is, I love hearing this. I'm hearing it more and I'm still not hearing it all over the place. It's still Mm. so often it's what are my employees doing for me? Uh, Yeah, that's too bad. And when you can support them like you're doing, that's how you grow this quickly, isn't it? Right. Without acquisition. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with acquisition. Correct. When, as you say, they're strategic and they're right. keeping you on your path. Correct. Yeah. And I needed time to learn, right? I needed time to learn the business. This is my first company I've ever owned, actually. Oh, so, you know, we had no idea what we could be if we would survive after the first couple of years. So part of it is also when you say allowing people as a leader to create their vision and lead, but you also need to allow them to fail mm-hmm. safely. Yes. So many people have the thought and, and you hear stories about companies that no, we're not going to, failure is not an option. You can't fail. And so people stop trying anything. Right. Correct. And uh, you have to be able to fail because that means you're not pushing the boundaries enough as well as I think failure is actually the best lesson learned. Mm -hmm. It hurts the most and it's the most memorable. And I've had several of them in the last five years. Yeah, because it's I, I like what you're saying. It's about pushing the boundary. And you don't grow as a person or as an organization if you're only playing in this little little field. Right. Safe sandbox. Yeah. Like uh, when I went and applied to my scholarship for Harvard for the CEO program, you know, one of my friends said, why are you telling everyone you're going to get the scholarship? What if you don't get it? Like you're competing around the world with 800 women. And- <laughs> How do you know you're going to get it? I'm like, because I am, because I told everyone I am. <laughs> That's so powerful because there really is, however you want to say it, an energetic power or, or but, sh- and sharing your your dreams with other people as though you've already accomplished them is a powerful way because then they're calling you forward too. Right. No, and 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 look at, it's okay to say I didn't make it, but I'm going to try next time or I learned from it, Right. Yes. There, yeah. I think we're also scared to fail and we're scared to share our failures and like actually commiserate in it with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're oftentimes what, what's oftentimes even behind that is we're, we're afraid, you know, cause when you go through a program like that, who do you have to have to be to go through that program? And who do you have to be to create a trillion dollar company? Well, well you're I'm smaller when I joined the company, when I joined the yeah. program. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But still there's that vision out there that's calling you forward. And it's like, what am I going to, I can't, not me. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely always, I think as a leader, sometimes have that imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right. And, um, but having people around you that have done it or that can believe in you is, I mean, there's only so much you can believe in yourself too. And having gone to it, you know, we have a lot of billionaires and lots of family owned wealth in our program. Mm-hmm. They look at us and they look at me and I said, oh, I'm a no one. They go, actually, if I had zero, I wouldn't be where you are today. Right. And that actually was like, okay, we all respect each other for our different paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I created the vision um, early this year is that I am out to cause a million women leaders, cause and elevate a million women leaders in technology. Really? By 2030. And how do you, what are some of those pillars that you will do that besides this podcast? Podcast, speaking, we're hosting 
hosting a conference in November. I've got some retreats planned for hopefully for 2030, a mentoring program, lots of, and, and I'm creating a community of women leaders who are out to cause leadership. And why do you think there's something missing in other programs like women in tech or some of these other programs that are out? There just are, there are still women that don't even know about some of those programs. And Mm -hmm. I don't have to cause it. That's the thing. I don't have to cause it myself. If I create awareness and they go into another program, I'm a winner. Right. Because they didn't know that there, there's still so many women that, that just don't believe that they have an option. And they aren't even, I would say, investing in themselves. So what I've learned over the years is, you know, we invest in others, we invest in our partner, we invest in our kids, and then taking the time off to go to school like Harvard was the biggest investment I had to give back to my children and my friends. Mm-hmm. Yes, encouraging I, women to invest in themselves. Yeah, taking the time off, right? What we can do in five years is very different than what we think we can do in only a year. Yep, yeah, and keep and we keep moving. I love it. So let me know how I can help for your 2030 vision. Oh, thank you. I, I know that we're going to keep in contact and because um, and why tech why tech itself right I, that's my background okay my background's in technology I was a software developer and and I was oftentimes the only woman in the room well and I try to tell people STEM is not about just engineering anymore, no right and and, and tech it's not about just being like an engineer or developer it's actually just bringing women into the industry and it's one of the best paying industries in the world except for finance right and very male dominated. And, and even when people say, I'm not a technologist, I'm a retailer. I'm like, but if you use technology to make your retail organization be different and be, have a niche, and it's a small technology, right? But that right. combination of two industries or two practices together to help create and solve something a little better, yes. all you then you're a technologist. <laughs> exactly. And you could be that technologist in a not, like you say, in a non-technical field, or you could even be the non-technical person in a technology company. Absolutely, because we I, need industry experts, right? I mean, exactly. You could be the marketing person in a technology company. You don't have any technology background, but you're still a woman in tech. And right. and I look at all, all of the STEM as technology. So right. to me, I can justify just about any woman being a woman in tech because somehow we all have to use it. Right, correct. So so that's, and, and there's, there's benefits. Companies, you know, women, Women, women get to stand up and say that they are a critical part of an organization because they bring very different skills and, and behaviors to an organization that that organization needs. And, you know, in, we're already for us in our company having to retrain people to no cloud, right? So mm-hmm. as I say, if we're going to train men, we might as well train half the women mm-hmm. and give them a chance from accounting, math, hospitality into the cloud world. Right. It's because it's it's part of the solution to so many of the world's problems. Well, it definitely makes things closer to each other, right? That's it. I was just thinking, as I was saying that, look at education, you know, countries where there's virtually no education. Now they can study in Boston from, you know, Tanzania. 
Yes, exactly. With so the right structure and investment. So, so what, what are you, when, when you're hiring people, what, what are some of the things that as a leader you're looking for? Well, we talk about grit and gumption a lot in our company, right? I mean, those are very non-quantitative skills, <laughs> but, um, you know, someone who's just willing to just push and push and push to get to what we need to accomplish and, or we call it resilience too. Mm-hmm. You've read about resilience from lots of books. Um, but I think desire to continue learning, um, ambition and, you know, some ability to catch on things quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think follow-up is huge. You know, like we talk about, yes, we take care of our employees, but again, customers follow up, re-explaining, is this what you want? Is this what you needed? Am I missing something? Because people are all busy. Right. A kind follow-up is always, is always considered, you know, a very valuable thing that we don't always take the time to do. Yeah. And part of what I call that is being curious, you know, curiosity. What do your clients want? What, what do, what don't they want? Well, and humility, willing to take critical criticism, like mm-hmm. criticism. I, I am not the nicest person when it comes to, you know, like just flowering everything up. I'll say, look at this, this is where you can improve. This is where we can improve and feel free to give it to me. But um, if someone doesn't give that, then you're kind of in that sandbox that you're not pushing around yeah. to yourself. Yeah. The ability to be direct and to, to connect, to take directness. Yeah. So that there's not, there's also then less misunderstanding. Yeah. And a lot of unwasted time. Yeah. So, so what it, is it that you're in the short term, like the next year to two years that you're out to, to cause in your company? Wow. Only a year to two years. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we will definitely hit the and break the hundred million mark, which is I think hard for a lot of companies to mm-hmm. get past that um, number, um, past that nine figures, right? Yeah. Um, and I think bringing in the next level of management that really want to stake running this company to another level um, is is something that we want for the next year or two. What? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, right now is the right time to take advantage of COVID. Unfortunately, has not been good for a lot of people. It's been very good for us. Everyone is going to the cloud. Everyone mm-hmm. is looking at optimizing and saving money in the cloud because this is not a short-term strategy anymore. Um, it's become the main strategy. And then maybe on-premise is, desi- is the backup now, right? It's mm-hmm. like paradigm has shifted. Um, and so we want to be able to take advantage of Amazon growing from $45 billion to $65 billion this year mm-hmm. and be part of that ecosystem and find a niche for ourselves with our company to be known as that big enterprise agreement client company that can help put those sales reps on the mark with enterprise deals. Um, or be the one that brings a lot of minority women-owned companies as partners through us mm-hmm. with Amazon. So there's so so what I'm hearing is continuing to expand your communities, which again goes back to I hear it as a very core competency and, and culture for your culture is taking care of your clients and your partners, because when, when you take care of them, they're going to support you and you then become a bigger company and a bigger player. And it becomes less about saving money only. And it becomes more about how are you strategic with us and looking at our clients, looking at mergers and acquisitions and how do we introduce them to other, other clients who they could acquire. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, it's becoming much more strategic with them by understanding that their biggest line item sometimes is technology. And mm-hmm. so 
our, our client base is really the fast moving clients who want to make a difference. We need to say no to a lot of companies that are just slow and not wanting to be disruptive in their space. Mm, that's, that's a really great thing to know about your company too, is who your ideal clients are. Right. And you, you want those companies that are disruptors. Absolutely. We learn from them. They learn from us. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, we want to push why, why are you doing it this way, Amazon? Why are you doing this way, Ingram? Why, you know, why do we have to do it this way? And we're happy to be in that conversation. And, and you learn from them and you obviously have skills that they can learn from you. We hope. Mm-hmm. I know that. See it. <laughs> Thank you. Because anybody that's this determined has got skills. Yeah. I, I think it's just a lot of small startups and small businesses have so much to do that sometimes they just need an outsider to do the work that they could hire for, but they don't have the time to do it right now. So we do mm-hmm. a lot of vendor assessments for people, look at it strategically and say, let us you know, negotiate for you. Let us look at the bigger picture and bring us in where you need help. And don't like, it might not be something you think we do or don't do, but look at, if it's just me introducing you to someone who can, I'm already helpful and I don't make money off of it is fine. Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you're definitely looking at the long term, the big picture. And that's, that's a challenge right now too, is there's so many companies that are focused just one sort of on survival still, they haven't gotten out of the, you know, they were hit and they haven't gotten out of the survival mode. And this is the time to start looking around. And if you can help them through their survival mode, they're very thankful, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, A business partner of ours put a million dollars in women's crafts entrepreneur crafts in South Africa Mm. and we decided to just double down and buy more of these products and send it out to our clients in corporations and tell them about it that hey by the way there's these bundles of women's crafts that you can give out as gifts instead of just buying another tumbler or another charger Right. And they're unique. They bring value to someone. And here's their pictures in the box, too, of the women who put these things together. And it's made such an impact on some of our clients. Like, wow, you you know, you, you're getting multiple things done by giving a thank you gift out. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's amazing. I've got to, I've got some people that I'm going to share that with because called mana boxes. So yeah. You can, well, I know some, some women that are that do international development and they're really com- committed to. Um, you know, that's, that's their commitment for diversity is to support these com- countries. Right. Yeah. Not all of us, like myself, had the luxury of having a parents who decided to take a risk and leave the United States at right. the age of four Yeah, right? and start again with nothing. And so mm-hmm. there's just, you want to help other people because it is a small world these days. And um, when you're lucky to live in the United States and have the freedom to make money and give back, you need to. I agree. Well, now our time is up. I told you this was going to be a fast 30 minutes. So what one last thing would you like to share with our listeners? Hmm. You know, I think that for our listeners, and I assume most of them are women in tech, is I was not where I was eight years ago. Like people who knew me before I started this company wondered how the heck I was able to call myself CEO. (laughs) From leading a sales team and, you know, some big organizations, but I clearly didn't have the background, the pedigree, et cetera, to be a CEO. Mm -hmm. And then 
pick a name and decide that I wanted to sell a product that I'd never represented before. Um, but I think you have to look at your key factors. And it was my client base that I had that was loyal and like my sales skills and then my partnering. And eight years later, people can't think of me anything differently than a CEO. Mm-hmm. Meet me, right? Go, what do you mean? You're just, I mean, I joke, I'm just a sales girl still. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're not. And it's like, well, no, I really am. I just was able to give a chance to play in a bigger box. Right. And I just decided to create my own instead of trying to go up the ladder of corporations. Mm-hmm. I think corporations really um, provide a huge place for us to learn and get visibility. But I've become a big believer in those small businesses out there that are really driving the GDP of most countries. Yes. And you don't have to be the entrepreneur yourself. Uh, we all think that we have safety in working with large corporations. There's no more safety than that than working in a small corporation if you are a key component into that small business. So my, my answer is, you know, think differently of who you are, what you can be, and it can change in less than five years. Wow. Yeah. And five years is not very long. No. I mean, before I went to Harvard, I was someone different. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's funny how name recognition and brand recognition helps you a lot, right? Right. But it's this, it's why we closed a lot of deals with large names in the beginning, because we knew if we didn't have them, we wouldn't be able to survive to keep saying, no, we can handle an SAP. We can handle a NASDAQ. Let us into your small business or medium business. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a level of audaciousness that comes with that too. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully that helps for some women who are going, I don't know what I do next or, you know, I don't have everything it takes to do next. I don't think you need it. I think you just need to make those steps. Right. A decision. Yeah. And just yeah. start, start taking it no matter what it is to get there. Exactly. It's a long haul and you need to have the right people behind you to support you through the hills and valleys. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of problems in the world that need to be solved. So yeah, I want to encourage all the women out there listening to this, everyone that's listening to this, we got lots of challenges. So a lot of niches, a lot of niches to play, right? We just do a small little thing. Is that all you do? I go, yeah. And I'm proud of it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm owning it. (laughs) I mean, I think if you're too big of doing too many things, you'll never get to what you want to do too. That's true. And you can all, you can always, as my marketing mentor shares with me, create the niche for now. You can always change. Not stuck with it forever. So yeah. Well, thank you, Dow. This has been wonderful. It's great to meet you, Jane. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagined. Make sure to visit our website, loveisconsulting.com, to access previous shows and learn more about us.